Welcome to Mighty House. This is a radio show for people with problems. Home improvement problems, that is. Send an email now to Robbie at MightyHouse.net or call into the show at 877-711-5611. From foundation leaks to roof repairs, the Mighty House team is on the job. You're You're listening listening to Mighty House. I'm Ron Calgill. The Mighty House team is back. You can join us on Facebook Live right now. Brought to you in part by Roofers and Waterproofers Local 11, Smart 265, Mr. Floor, and Mag Erad. We're broadcasting worldwide and live. MightyHouse.net, TuneIn.com. We're also on the Gab Radio Network. Just look for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. Podcasts and preview shows available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and on HomeImprovementUSA.com. Find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. Video clips of the show are available at MightyHouse.net and on our Mighty House YouTube channel. And you can follow us on Facebook by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. Our Twitter handle is at Mighty House. And if you give us a call on the Mr. Floor Helpline, it's 877-711-5611. You will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at MrFloor.com. All right. And uh, we've got Herb Rosenberg in uh, studio here. We're going to talk taxes here in a minute. So if you've got any questions about your property taxes, uh, give us a call, 877-711-5611. But first up, we've got uh, Rosemary. Are you okay there, Andrew? You all right? You good? Okay. Can we uh, bring Rosemary in? Rosemary, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, hey. Good. Uh, Thanks for hanging on. Uh, You had a question about a water heater? Yeah, you were talking earlier about cleaning and draining out your water heater. Yes. And I looked at my water heater, and it says Everclean Self-Cleaning Water Heater. Yes. What does that mean? Does that mean I never have to worry about cleaning it or draining it? (laughs) What what, what was that, Rich? It's self-cleaning. You must clean it yourself. Uh, it's that they they actually do have some like kind of rinse technology when they refill and the water flows through them, but you're still going to get sediment buildup and then that starts to calcify and harden with the burner. So that's just a marketing thing. I would still, you know, what you can do is turn the bur- burner all the way down onto vacation and then um, okay. open, open, you know, close the valves on the top, open the valve on the bottom, hook a hose and take it to the drain and just drain down your water heater. And uh, that way, okay. when the, when the water really gets to slow, then turn it back on, and then that way, that when that water hits the bottom, it'll flush it out. So I still think you need to flush it. You just may not need to do any other type of cleaning to it. So I have never run. I haven't run okay. into those, so I don't know for sure. Okay. But you, so I, you I would still I flush still it. Should, I should still drain it. Oh yeah, no, you should still do a drain and flush for sure. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Good oh, luck. Thank you. Thanks, Rosemary. <laughs> okay. All right, now we're going to get on to Rich's favorite topic. He, he, I'm fine with it. It's just <laughs> got to do it to pay for government. I just don't yeah. think they do it well. Oh no, no. There, there's, there's a, a definite uh, better ways to do certain things. So, we've got uh, Herb Rosenberg in uh, in the studio, and uh, Herb, what what exactly do you do? Um, what I do is I uh, represent clients and attempt to reduce their assessed valuation, which is their tax bill, okay. from that which is proposed by the assessor. Okay. So the county assessor comes in and says your house is worth X, 
you go compare that to other houses and say, no, it's worth why? Well, there are two methodologies. Okay. Really, you should take three steps. Okay. And that uh, step one is to make sure that the assessor has the right information, uh-huh. that he has the right square footage, whether it's your house or a big skyscraper. The procedure is still the same. Yeah. When I first bought my house, it was a little two-bedroom ranch, and it was listed as a two-story. Right. So you're bringing, wow. Yeah. So you're illustrating the point that I just said. <laughs> right. Step two, there's step two, is to see what is the value of your house. Mm-hmm. Is the assessor placing a value, which is market value, because Illinois is a fair market value state. Okay. Every state has a different methodology for assessing real estate taxes. Now, one of your co-hosts who lives in Florida, they have a different methodology also. Sure. Illinois is a fair market value state. Okay. So you want to check the value of your property, whether it's an apartment building or a house, to see if the assessor is valuing, valuing your property at $500,000 and you determine that the market value is $300,000, then you have the basis to get your tax bill lower. Okay. And the third methodology, Uh the third methodology is that even if your house has a value which is equal or even less than the value placed on the property by the assessor, is it uniformly assessed? Properties should have Similar similar properties should pay similar taxes. Okay. So when I look on that tax bill or on my property tax, the assessment thing, yes. that's not what Zillow says that the house is worth on online. That's different. It's not the same. Is it supposed to be the same? Well, it should be similar. Okay. It may not be the same, but it should be should be similar. But when you look at your 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 card or your tax bill, you have to convert the assessed valuation, the mystery number, uh-huh. into market value. Oh, okay. So market value and assessed value are not the same. No. Market value and assessed value are not the same. We in, in Cook County, where we are right now, uh-huh. we have what's called a classification ordinance where different different classifications of properties are assessed at a different value. The most common is a house. A house assessed valuation of $10,000 is has a level of assessment of 10%, so the market value is $100,000. Hmm. So you have to <laughs> yeah, convert I'm... you have to convert the assessed valuation uh-huh. into market value. Go so ahead, does somebody need to get their house appraised then to know what the market value is? Well, in today's society, there are so many, uh, so many methodologies. You can go online and see what similar houses have, you know, have sold for. But if you want to appeal your house, you can either go online and get comparable sales, which a lot of people do, or you can go and get a formal appraisal which probably is the best evidence of market value if you go through the procedures that are available, the remedies that are available to to a uh, taxpayer. 
because you have a right to appeal your tax assessment to the Cook County Assessor. Then if you're not satisfied, you can go to the Cook County Board of Review. And if you're still not satisfied, you can either go to a state agency called the Property Tax Appeal Board or go into the circuit court. So there are many remedies for a taxpayer to achieve a fair and equitable assessment, which is the goal of the assessor. I asked the dumb questions, and this is going to be one, and if you guys all understood this, I'm sorry. You said the assessment and the actual value are two completely different things. Mm -hmm. Yes, because you have to, first of all, the only dumb question is the question that's not asked. Thank you. That's number one. (laughs) All right. Then number two is right. The assessed valuation that you get the postcard in the mail Mm -hmm. has to be converted to a market value. So how do you convert that? Is well, there is there a yeah, there's calculation? A, yeah, there's a calculation. Is, like, so is the formula on that card that we're going to get? Yeah, usually, yes, yes. It is, okay. Yeah, so you can, in fact, uh, over the years, the, the assessor has made it more user-friendly, so your market value will be, you know, will be on the card, too, for residential properties. Yes. Okay, all right. So, um I was going to say, so Ron was saying when he bought his house, it was assessed at a two-flat, but it was a a ranch. What if you have a two-flat assessed as a ranch? Keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Well, now that's a good good point. Do do you keep... Right. Do you... No. Well, every every taxpayer, you know, every taxpayer has a duty that everyone should share this unequal burden equally. Sure. Okay. So if you share the unequal tax burden that everyone feels, the pain that they have, you do have a duty to go, to go. And then if you don't get it corrected as a practical matter where you will end up with a, prob- a possible problem is when you go out to sell the house. Okay, when you go out to sell the house, you're going to have to get what's called a title commitment. All right, and the title commitment will raise an issue that your property is not being taxed properly. So you might face a marketability issue. And I've had clients that have had that. I always advise them, of course, to go correct. All right. Uh, we've got Herb Rosenberg in here. He does uh, property tax appeals. If you got a question, give us a call. 877-711-5611. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Mighty House. This is Mighty House. Mighty House will return. Trying. All right, let's see. Oh, English side ruined. Must use French instructions. Le Grill? What the hell is that? It's Mighty House. Call Mighty House now at 877-711-5611 and get advice from the experts themselves. This is Mighty House. All right, we're broadcasting worldwide and live. MightyHouse.net, TuneIn.com. We're also on the Gab Radio Network. Just look for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. You can give us a call on the Mr. Floor helpline. It's 877-711-5611, and you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe, and you can learn more at mrfloor.com. All right, and um, we're not really talking to the tax man. What would you call yourself, Herb? I'm the good guy. Oh! <laughs> there you go. The, the anti-tax man? What, what is that? Well, I'm not anti. I want, I'm the good guy to make sure the system works properly. Got it. All right. So is there, 
Is uh, is there a, an actual your firm that because that's what you do is yes. You need to be like licensed to do this well, stuff or no? Uh, here, in, uh, as I mentioned before, every taxpayer has remedies, okay? right? Remedies, a and you don't have to be a lawyer to go to the assessor to appeal your tax. There are, you know, you can be an individual. They have consulting companies that do this now, and you have a lawyer. Now, if you go, if you go a step beyond that to the board of review, if you're an individual, you can go up, you can go yourself and appeal to the board of review. However, your corporation or any type of business entity, the uh, the rules require that you're an attorney. You have to have legal representation. Then. Right. Okay. So, what's the name of your firm? Uh, name of the firm is Schomburg, Finkel, Newman, and Rosenberg. Oh, yes. real short. Yeah, sure. Right, <laughs> right. And I'm Rosenberg. Yes. <laughs> okay. So we got Herb in the studio here uh, talking uh, property tax appeals. So, uh, and you're saying now the car, the is it in Cook County or is it the entire state of Illinois where we're going to be getting our assessed cards in the mail this this week? Well, it, Cook, uh, you know. The state of Illinois is really divided into two two states, Cook County and the rest of the state. <laughs> okay. Right? So once you get past that that premise, it, in Cook County, there the uh, the Cook County is divided into three different triennial districts, so that your there is a reassessment every every three years. Outside of Cook County, it is every four years. This year. Everything outside of Cook County will be reassessed. Okay. In Cook County, it's the Northwest Triennial. Oh, okay. In other words, Evanston, Elk Grove, Barrington, okay. Northbrook, etc. Got it. So everyone here in Evanston is going to get, wake up uh, today or Monday morning and receive a postcard in the mail. Saying that they're being reassessed. They're reassessed and what the assessor is proposing their assessment to be. Okay. So I've been getting a lot of things in the mail. At first, the first one, I, it's it actually looked like it was coming from Cook County, and it was it was I had to fill out it wanted me to fill out this form uh, for the assessor, and uh, and then and then I kept reading through this, and eventually it came down to it was a legal firm. They were wanting to represent me, but they they presented all the paperwork like it was official Cook County paperwork. Have you gotten those, Robbie? All the time. So all the time. It, it caught me off guard because that's the first time I've gotten that stuff. And now I've gotten several from probably four or five different firms. It's again, you don't have to fill that stuff out, right? No, 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 absolutely not. See, uh, you know, there aren't many advantages of being a little older, but one of them is that you've seen how the process has evolved. Yeah. So if you go back 25 years ago, so, uh, uh, attorneys could not solicit. You can you could not solicit. Right now, attorneys can do what's called a public solicitation, but not a private. So I can't call you up and ask you to, gee, I want to represent you. But now, what has happened is that both lawyers and consulting firms, a whole new industry, are sending out these solicitations, and unfortunately, sometimes they are misleading. Yeah, that, that's an issue. I mean, that's it had problem. the Cook County seals on them and everything. Right. I mean. So it looks like it's an official form. People get confused, yes. So, and what happens if somebody, you know, because uh, I've got three that I know of. Yes. And if I had filled each one of those out and sent those out to those three different 
people, what where does that leave me? You would get three different bills. At the, <laughs> at the, at the, no, you wouldn't. What would happen is that all three firms would file, and then the assessor would say, there's a double filing here, okay? Okay. Or a triple filing. So you folks got to iron it out. The, the rule is first person in gets gets the first cut. But if you say, gee, I didn't mean to... Uh, to mm. represent, I didn't mean to hire Joe. I meant to hire Fred. Well, then, then, then Joe has to go to Fred and get what's called a substitution. Got but it. it is, you know, it is misleading. And maybe, you know, what we do, uh, what we do in America is we go from the right all the way over to the left, and somehow we just don't wind up in the middle. Right. So, I guess I, from moving forward, if. Uh, is this something, If let's say somebody just goes, you know what, I don't want to deal with it. I'm just going to ride this out. And I'm just not going to appeal this because I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Yep, yep. And I don't want to bother with a lawyer. What happens to them? Uh, what happens to those people? Are they going to be paying more and more and more? And they're paying way too much at some point? Well, well, it depends on whether, if, you know, if you do nothing, sometimes, Dana, you know, sometimes the best advice I give my clients to do the best job on them do nothing. Right. Oh. Because so so if you do nothing and you have received a fair assessment, then you haven't lost anything. However, if you do nothing and then you and then your assessment or or market value is is basically lower than what the assessor is, then you are going to pay more money. So the best thing to do in my judgment, is if you don't want to do it, get it reviewed by someone else. But be careful who you give it to based upon your experience of yeah. getting all these solicitations. Now, not, now, not all the solicitations are bad. They all may be... They could all, all be legit. They all be legit. It, it's just the way they go about it. Is, I is understand. The well, that's what's happened. I said in America, we either go all the way from the right, saying, gee, you can't do any solicitations, Going over to the left, but not imposing any any standards on what the solicitation right. should be. Right. So, and 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 to be clear, you've handled the stations taxes here at, at this property. Yes. And yes. So, I do. And I talked to the general manager. He said you saved a significant amount of money. So, yes. um That he can he he can attest to that you can do what you say you're going to do. So, if somebody wanted to. Uh, just have you look at it. Does it cost anything? If Robbie said, you know what, I've never dealt with this. I don't know what to do. But Robbie called you up and said, can you take a look at it? Does that? How much does that cost? I'm going to take your question away. How can you. that cost nothing? You're shaking your head like it doesn't cost anything. No. It, uh, it, all the people in this industry, whether it be the consulting companies or the solicitation that you received in the mail, everyone will perform a free tax analysis to see if you're paying a fair and equitable assessment. Now, ever like anything else, you know, who is doing the performing? You know, what doctor are you going to? Sure. It's, it's the same same standard. But but to do the analysis, everyone in this industry will do it with you know without a fee. Whether it's your little house or whether it is the uh, or whether it's the, the Sears, Sears Tower. Tower. It's the same. <laughs> So if Thank you, you find still calling it that, yes. <laughs> yeah. So if you find okay. something, then what is your fee? Well, it's a usually it, you know uh, uh, there are various fee structures, okay. But we offer the client, you know, the general is basically a percentage of the tax savings. 
that is the general structure. Although there are some for larger properties, fixed fee and caps that, you know, gee, if I say someone has a real big building, you know, uh, X number of dollars that my fee cannot exceed so much. If you save them $40,000, you're not going to take uh, you know, the same percentage if you save somebody 1500 bucks. Right. And, and quite candidly, usually the smaller cases are harder to work than the big cases. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's less meat on the bone. There's yeah. less meat on the bone. That's it. So are you going to call Herb now? Robbie? Absolutely. Yeah. When I get all those Have you ever letters. appealed? Don does occasionally. Occasionally. Yeah. So should we? Is that something we should be doing every year, or do you just do it every three years? When's the best time to do this? Well, as I said to you, in the Northwest Tri, where we are right now in Evanston, it will be reassessed. So you should take a look at it in the first year of the reassessment. Now, that's not to, generally your assessment will not go up in years two and three. However, sometimes it does. You know, sometimes you place a new improvement on your property. The assessor will pick that up. And he'll give you. Sometimes you get an uh, an assessment or tax bill based on the fact that your property is partially vacant. So the assessor will give you what's called an occupancy factor. Mm-hmm. In year two, it will go up because he wants to see, gee, what are you doing to make this property? So you should be taking a look every year, every year at your assessment to make sure it stayed the same and you're satisfied. And if you and if your representative appeals your your assessment in the triennial and you go all the way up to the property tax appeal board or the circuit court then you're going to be trying to get refunds in every year of the triennial got it got it okay we got about two minutes left here herb so again if somebody wanted to have you handle their stuff where can they find you well they they can find me at my office okay at at 312-648-2300, or they can e- email me any questions at herbert.rosenberg at sfnr.com, H-E-R-B-E-R-T dot Rosenberg at sfnr.com. Okay, and then one more question for you before we get out of here. Yes. Is there, um, at, once you hit that 65, that magical number, is there a discount on your property taxes or not? Well, well, there there there's no discount unless unless you're not making uh money so if your household income is uh, uh $65,000 then you have an opportunity to to achieve a a freeze on your tax bill okay by so, m- filing uh, the correct application with the assessor okay so and that's all the stuff that you guys know that that the average homeowner may he can go in and try and represent himself, but you already know you know the game and you know the rules to the game, so you can play the game a lot easier than the, than the homeowner trying to walk in and learn this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> everyone everyone makes that decision. <laughs> right, okay. everyone makes that decision. Okay, Herb, one more time. Uh, your phone number a little slower. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, three one two six four eight. 2300 Herbert H E R B R B E R T dot Rosenberg R O S E M B E R G at S F N R dot com. Excellent. Thanks, Herb. I appreciate your time. All right. We'll be back right after this. This is Mighty House. Mighty House will return. Nary of Greater Chicagoland's website, Nary. One, two, three, four. 
one and two. All right, there we go. It's uh, the tax man's coming after you. But uh, that was Herb yeah. Rosenberg again, and uh, Herb's phone number was or is three one two. Whoa, yes. six four eight. 2300 i put it up on the facebook page excellent and you get his extension no i know his extension i don't think we should give that out oh okay you don't want call to? the office I'll call the office there you go <laughs> something tells me he's got the corner office now and he's got a few beeps taking uh, yeah yeah stuff for him yeah that could be so he's a good guy he, he um that's that's something that uh i just i've done for every two or three years i do it and I've just got the guy that always has done it. He calls me up and says it's time. And I say, okay. And uh, he just gets a percentage of what he saves. So it doesn't really cost anything, you know? So there's no right. reason not to do it. And to just have them do it because that's their game. That's what they, they know how to play it. So, and um, some years he says, he'll call me up and say, yeah, you know what? You're good. And we weren't able to save you anything. And other times he's like, okay, I saved you 1500 bucks or I saved you 500 bucks, whatever it is. So it's uh it's worth the phone call. Anyway, it costs nothing to ask. So No, it costs nothing to ask, and, and their fee structure usually is a percentage, and it can be a percentage over two years or three years even um, of what they save you. Um, but a lot of times it's just, I think it's just frustrating. I think everybody just gets, you know, you get your tax bill and it just freaks you out. Oh, yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, I was like, our taxes are far lower here, but it doesn't make it all good. We have a tourist economy. So the, t you know, the hotel taxes, Disney tax, all that kind of stuff right. is the reason that helps. Sure. Um, but then most of your tax bill goes to schools. Mm -hmm. And in the state of Florida, I think our teachers are ranked 47th in pay in oh, the country. Geez, yeah. So that, you know, they're like $12,000 a year under the average. Wow. I mean, that's pretty bad, mm -hmm. you know? So then it's like, well, at what point is it, you know, if we had a little bit more taxes, you know, could we pay teachers better? Right. But I don't know. Part of it too is the kids go to school stupid and they come out the same way. So <laughs> I don't teach How them anything you... of value anymore. Wow. How do you really feel, Rich? Because <laughs> it's true, except for the fresh meat guy and stuff. But... Well, that's because he's not going to school in Florida. He's going yes. to school up here. In Illinois, where they pay top dollar to their teachers, that so he's got the best best. No, what I mean by that though is they really don't teach them like you know probably haven't taught them like how to balance a checkbook or what how actually you go about getting a mortgage or you know like normal stuff that you're after going to do. Right? Have they taught you that there, Fresh Meat? Yeah, we have a class called a consumer seminar okay. uh, at our school, and we learn life skills essentially, like balancing oh. checks, budgeting, gross income, net income, all of that stuff, taxes, Good. how to fill out. Because I know they didn't do that for wow. the longest time, and that was always one of the biggest complaints. Yeah, that's good. Because then I know they also most of the schools got rid of their computer programs because you don't need to learn how to use a computer because they're all apps now. So Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, it so knows how to do it. So one thing that uh, I was wanting to get to yet um, today is yes, yes. I got questions for you. So Go you on. posted up on the Facebook, uh, and, and it's also on our YouTube page if you don't want to go on Facebook. You po you you guys said you're going we're we're doing a whole series on how to build in Florida in the hurricane with the hurricane code. Right. So you built a stem wall, mm -hmm. which explain what that is. Thank you. It's the stem wall for us is similar to what you'd have for a foundation wall. Okay. 
So it's, it's basically that's what it is. It's a foundation wall, but because it doesn't go below grade, it sticks up. It's just called stem wall. Okay. So there were, and, and before, when you look at the, you know, when you had your footings poured, there was all this rebar sticking up. And well, there's that, how much it was horizontal in the footings. Yeah. Like up there in Chicago, you might put two number fives horizontal in your footing. Right. And that's it. We put cages with stirrups and strap four bars together in that footing, 20 by 12. Yep. And then we have bars that stick up vertically. Right. And they only stick them up three or four feet because you have to pick the block up over that to set it over that rebar. That's what I was going to go. Okay. So that's why they put the caps on, you know, so that they don't get harpooned. Right. But that's what they did. So when they got the stem wall done, they tie more rebar to that. And that's now sticking up and they filled the cells. I don't know if you saw that well in the video. Yep. But the concrete block actually acts as a form then. Okay. So now they should be, I'll go by there today. Um, it rained here in the morning yesterday. So I don't know that they infilled the stem wall. Okay. And, and they should be putting and waterproofed it. Right. Well, you said too, that they got to waterproof the inside yes. of that before they backfill it. Mm -hmm. So the other thing that I noticed was, so some of them where the rebar is sticking up, they're filled, the, the, but there are a few cells where there is nothing in them right. yet. And it's yeah. almost like oh. they were tagged like with orange paint or something. I don't know if what that orange well, tagging was, but that those are cores that we need to get through for plumbing or electrical. And then there should have been one, which it may not have showed on a video that there's one that's tagged green, a piece of rebar. Okay. That's our ground. Really? You know how you put a ground rod in next outside next electric panel, right? We put a ground rod in the footing all the way into the ground. It goes all the way up into the house and it's really not a ground. I shouldn't say it that way. It's the bond. All of that metal you see yeah. will be bonded together. Sure. And the pool, everything, everything is bonded. And we have a bond location on that house. I'll get you pictures of that later. It, it's amazing. what we. That's why it costs so much to build down here. And that's why we have so many inspections. It's not easy. So now, okay. So now that you've got these, you've got all these rods sticking up. So when you go to do the next course, I'm, got, I'm assuming you're going to pour the floor and then you're yes. going to, is that floor going to go over top of that stem wall? Yes. That's how we adjust the height. Okay. And then you're going to build more block on top of it? Yes. Okay. So now you've got these uh, rebar sticking up through all of that. Goes all the way up to the top of the wall. And okay. then you pour what's called a tie beam. Right. But now where you, because it seems like you're putting like five or four foot pieces up, right? Of the of a rebar mm -hmm. going up. Basically, yeah. Do you just wire tie those together or are, they, are you putting yes. like a hook on the bottom and they're sticking down in there? No, they're wire tied together um, and then they go all the way up. But when we pour the tie beam and, and you'll get all this as we go, but when they pour the tie beam at the bottom of that block wall mm -hmm. where it sits on the floor, yeah, they're going to blow a hole in the block. Okay. And when they pour the tie beam, the concrete is going to go from that tie beam all the way down that wall, and it's going to come out at the bottom. And they inspect that. You have to have the, the it pour out. Wow. So that's so why I call it a tie beam. It will literally, once that cap is poured, the footing all the way to the roof trusses are continuous concrete with rebar. So you're not you don't fill them as you go then. No. So, no, it's a whole different crew. We got a block crew that'll do your walls, and you have a beam crew that comes out and specializes in doing the tie beams. So then they're using a pump truck and they're just pumping concrete in there. Yeah, everything's pumped. Okay, so then they're not using regular the, the regular pea gravel in there, then are they? 
There, it's got to be almost. No, like ours a is a limestone, but it's more of a crushed coral limestone. Okay, so it's 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 a finer grit in there, so that they can find. Yeah, it's way not like a three quarter inch aggregate like okay. you're accustomed to seeing. It's a little bit smaller. It's probably half inch or three eighths. Okay, and it was pretty cool. I I you know I'm sorry. I just I I, I know you build differently down there. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much different it was. You know, well, wait till I keep going through this. Some of this stuff, because you're used to working in the north, just like me, this particular house, I don't remember offhand, but I think this house is only getting five foil insulation over furring strips on those black walls. Huh. Five foil is a piece of craft paper with aluminum foil on the back. And it has an R value of 4.1. And I don't even know how they get that. <laughs> but that's how little insulation we truly need because we air seal. But, you know, the temperature difference. We Sure. It's not going to go to 30 below zero, you know? See, it's not a big deal here. It's amazing. So It is. Because, you know, we're doing an addition right now at the same time. It's like, it, we. it's almost like we could do a comparison of footings. And, and you know, we waterproofed. We poured our footings. Poured, and then we we just poured the foundation walls. We've waterproofed the outside. We've got drain tile inside and out. And mm-hmm. so right now we're backfilling. And uh, Monday we're going to pour the slurry over the concrete, you know, for the floor of the crawl space. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, the, the differences are, are, uh, really. Well, and amazing. most of it's the frost, you know, it's frost and water, yeah. right? I mean, that's why your footing depths have to be 42 to 48 inches yeah. below grade. Cause the ground may freeze. And this year you probably had a good freeze. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. a house will heave. Yeah. And we were, we're down 48, uh, even though we just went to 48, even though they say 42 is okay in our area, but. We went to yeah. 48 anyway. So, so what we deal with is, you know, we want to be the the base flood on Marco Island is seven foot. Uh-huh. So we have to be above that. So first floor is at nine foot, which is funny because like when Irma hit, they said the uh, tide surge would be 12 foot. So I'm like, oh, good. You brand new house. You only got three feet of water in the house. <laughs> yeah. Never really understood that. You know what I mean? But. Um, oh, and then also you guys put block in there wrong, the wrong way so that water can flow in and out. No, those those blocks are just placeholders. We use stainless steel flood vents. Okay. So they're stainless steel and are packed with foam, and they just they close off the the, the wall, so there's no hole. Okay. But if water gets in there and above a certain level, the foam floats up, and it allows the water to run out. So basically, the water can go in and out freely, so that you don't blow the walls away. But doesn't that also wash the sand out that's in there? Underneath. No, that's those areas were garage. Oh, okay. The yes. front one was the garage. The oh, back one is his boat garage. This particular house has a lift and a some train tracks. Mm-hmm. So the boat is pulled by an electric mule into his garage. I Wait. thought that was inside the house foundation part. Those no. okay, no, got it. It's just those are uh, the garages because they're below base flood. Okay, Robbie, go. Can you go back to what the topic is for people who are just This is how to build in hurt with the hurricane. Right. Thank in you. Florida. It's like you guys have gone on and on, but we. <laughs> well, it's because Ron and I are just talking. Right. <laughs> I know. But, you know, some people are just like, wait, what are they talking about? Can you tell us where, again, this is and what's going on? In, in Southwest Florida, anything that's coastal, we have to build to a different standard. So, and I think everybody kind of gets an idea because after uh, the hurricane hit Mexico Beach and wiped every, every house off the face of the map. Right. Except for that one. Yep. So the guy built. They made it sound like he was some kind of genius, but actually what he did is he built to our current code. And this all came about after Hurricane Andrew. Mm -hmm. When Andrew wiped out Homestead, they changed the building code down here drastically. 
any house built after that is fine. Yeah. It's uh it's amazing. I, and I'm sorry, I'm enjoying it. You know, seeing how you're doing it, what the things that you're doing different down there. I just thought you guys just started building on the ground and went. Cause no, you know, it, it's, it's like you don't it's like, oh, you don't have to dig a hole, you don't have to dig the foundation, you know, it's just you're just pouring some concrete on the ground and you start building, you know. Well, we've done that too. It depends, but <laughs> this one being coastal, I have to do the piles net. But if you're right. inland, then no, you can literally scrape the grass off, pour a slab and go up. Wow. All right. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap the show up after this. You are listening to Mighty House. This is Mighty House. Mighty House will return. The Small Business Advocacy Council understands how hard it is to run a... Lisa and I built your room. But I don't like this clown. Uh, I wouldn't take it down if I were you. It's a load-bearing poster. It's Mighty House. Call Mighty House now at 877-711-5611 and get advice from the experts themselves. This is Mighty House. We're broadcasting worldwide and live. MightyHouse.net, TuneIn.com. We're also on the Gab Radio Network. Just look for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. You can follow us on Facebook by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. And our Twitter handle is at Mighty House. And with that, uh, you can go to YouTube and follow just look up mighty house radio show on youtube subscribe hit that little bell next to the subscribe button and you'll be able to see all these videos that uh rich is putting up there and uh what we're posting up there so that'll uh you gotta get some of your edition yeah you know i was it's like it's too far along now i didn't know if it was even uh well yeah if you're just backfilling you can just still point out the stuff yeah, I, I won't. Maybe I'll swing by there today to take a look at it. Once we get to, once we go to block after underground, you're going to be going to framing. So completely different animals. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. So maybe we could uh, actually do a video of that and talk about some of the differences. So mm-hmm. I'll see if I can get that. Uh, I'll go shoot some stuff today. That'll be okay. pretty cool. And you can see our little tent we built over it. <laughs> Just to keep it warm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that well, and then to keep the rain out. <laughs> Because they they were in there yesterday, you know, spreading the gravel, putting in the drain tile, and we had sump pumps in there pumping the muddy water out so that mm-hmm. we could do it and then set the uh, um, the sump pit and and have it all tied in. So right. it was it was uh, quite an undertaking there. So yeah, we just have to use the thermal blankets, the mm-hmm. thick black and silver blankets, lay yep. down to keep it from freezing up. And- yep, we had that and heaters going underneath the tarp where it was tarped off. So crazy, like having just trying and just doing this so you can make a living. Yes. Yes, you exactly. know we used to it. Never thought twice about it. Now I, me, the biggest thing I got to deal with is it's warm. I got to go schvet. <laughs> no frost, no nothing. Yeah, I got to yeah. schvet. Yeah. So, uh, so you can follow us on on the Facebook. You can follow us on YouTube. The other thing is this week. It's Tuesday evening. You're gonna want to uh, jump on Facebook, and uh, and we're gonna have a bunch of interviews. We're gonna do at the uh, Nari. Um, Nari Vendors Night. That's and if you want to go, you can go also if you're in the Chicagoland area, narichicago.org. And it's, it's three organizations. It's the Kitchen and Bath, the National Kitchen and Bath Association, the local chapter here, the local chapter for the Home Builders Association, 
and the local chapter for NARI, N-A-R-I Chicago, um, where all all those um, associations getting together to have a vendor's night. So That's awesome. Do you know how many times we talked about trying to do that for yep. so long? That, yep. I don't know who pulled it off finally, but that's awesome. Aaron, Aaron pulled that off. He's in charge of, of the vendors, you know, uh, council. He's on, he's on the, uh, what's that? The, the committee. He's, he's the, awesome. so he got that rolling and got that put together. So it's going to be a, a, a really powerful evening. And then you can also go find out, uh, learn stuff and they've, they've got food, Robbie, food there. Food and drink. Yeah. I'm very excited. So you can definitely stop by there. And uh, it'll, it's going to be a good time. So we're going to walk around. If you can't make it, join us on Facebook. And we're going to do some Facebook live interviews and, and uh, talk to some different people. And we'll get uh, Igor, our cameraman, <laughs> to follow us around and see if we can do it. Yeah, yeah, he can follow us around and like hold our plates for us and get us drinks. Oh, sure. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Wipe there you our go. brow. And... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't think that's exactly what he had in mind. <laughs> So if not, we can get Pastor T. Maybe he, he likes shooting uh, pictures too. So mm, Pastor T. Does. Pastor T. will do it. So one one or the other. So make sure you join us to, uh, Tuesday evening, and uh, we'll post all that stuff up there. And once it's all done, we can cut it up and we'll put it on YouTube. If you only follow us on YouTube, perfect. So it'll be a lot of fun. So again, narichicago.org, and uh, just look for Vendors Night and sign up there. Awesome. Okay, that is good. Yep. Uh, how much time we got left there, uh, Fresh Meat? Uh, well, it's 53.30. We, yep. The outro starts at 56.30. So, so we got about three minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. until three. the outro. It's like an hour. Yeah. So six minutes until we go off. Yes. Well, but yeah, yeah, something like that. Okay. The outro, we can always change it, yeah. Sure. Well, it, it, we'll, we'll run up to the very end and, and uh, run out of time as usual. So yes. That, that's, that's generally how it works. So um, something else we ran into this week was we we pulled a dryer out yes. she, she was having trouble she said it takes forever and i thought well it's an electric dryer maybe that's your problem and so we pulled it out because we were moving it to put in some other cap the the vent going out was the plastic vinyl stuff the little white plastic which you don't want to be using by the way right and it was packed solid with lint oh. yes so the thing is it's not a gas dryer. Are you still going to have a fire in an electric dryer, though, Rich? That was that's where I was going with it. Because in a gas I, I dryer, there's, it will it will catch that lint on fire, and then the whole house goes up. So you always want to make sure you clean the lint out of your dryer vents at least once right. a year. Blow that stuff out. Right. Yes, Robbie. I'm going to say yes because a spark is a spark. A spark is a spark, but you don't have an open flame like in a gas dryer. You've got an open flame going. To heat that. No, but even if it's even if it's not necessarily the fire risk, you're still decreasing the efficiency of the appliance. Oh, so it's just costing you money to operate it. Oh yeah. No, and once so, we put that all back together and cleaned it up, she said it was drying twice as fast. Exactly. So So I know most condo associations, their their condo association has a company that they you know, do it once every other year or once a year. They go out and clean all the dryer vents. At least they do here. Yeah. Um, so but it's funny. Uh, in a house, your dryer vent or most of the time should go right out behind the dryer. Mm-hmm. Like if you're first floor, you should only have a hole in the wall. Like boom, straight out. That's the yep. most efficient way. Yep, yep. But if it's on an inside wall, uh, like yeah, this one, it's just was. a bad idea. And and I get mad at architects. They do that all the time for here. Uh huh. 
So then they put one of those boxes in the wall. They run it up and into a roof jack. Uh huh. I'm like, oh, so this thing's having a hard enough time drying, and you're gonna let's push all this up. Yep. That's just stupid. Yep, yep. So then you end up with booster fans in the attic to help suck that air in. So as soon as and it's got a pressure switch in it. So as soon as that fan senses a pressure difference in the pipe, it'll automatically turn on and then it runs for 15 minutes, shuts off, it lo- and it'll sense for that pressure difference again and then fire yep. back up. So, uh, so if you've got a long run, you can do that. Or if it's a, like what Rich just said, where it goes from the first floor has to go up eight feet and then another eight feet to get out of the house up through the roof. You, yeah, you might need a booster fan because those dryers are not really designed to push that kind of distance. No. Oh, look at that! You hear that, Rich? I'm Andrew's happy to be done with did you, us. Did you hear today. that fresh meat? He's smiling. Hear yeah. what? I was just no. What you hear it? The music? Yeah, I'm potting it up. Oh, you see? Okay, well that's right. You're in charge. Did I just see Randall walking around here somewhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just got here. Yeah. yeah, he bailed on us and he left us with you. Right, and now you're 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 stuck with us, but I no, not, I'm but not now, stuck with anybody. But now you're I leaving us too. I See, really do. Nobody, Where are you going for two weeks? I'm going to Cabo. <laughs> See, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> See, everybody bails on us. Nobody, nobody or makes Cuba it, or Venezuela. Nobody or makes you were it more than a month mission. or two with us. Yeah, you're here now. The show's over. See, Randall now just walks in. That's how nice. it goes. <laughs> Nobody can deal with us. I don't know what the, what is it, fresh meat. No, what is it about it's not us? Not at all. No, no, no. Cabo. I'm it, out. I'm in Cabo for the, both weekends. Uh huh. It's not just your show that I'm missing. Okay. I all will right. miss being here though. I all really right. will. You sure? No, you won't. Of course. You'll be in <laughs> Cabo. <laughs> Podcasts and preview shows available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and on HomeImprovementUSA.com. Find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. Video clips of the show are available at MightyHouse.net and on our Mighty House YouTube channel. Just look for Mighty House Radio Show. You can join us on Patreon if you want to win a Klein multi-tool. The conversation continues all week long on Facebook and Twitter. And if somebody wants a newsletter, Rich, how can they do it? Go to MightyHouse.net, click on the Contact Us page, <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, just fill in your first, last name, and email address, and click on Boom Done. And uh, next week, we're going to have Jason from Corbin Associates, and we're going to talk about platform framing of above more than a couple of stories. Thanks to Mr. Floor, Herb Rosenberg, and uh, everybody that called in today. For Trixie, Fresh Meat, Randall, Rich Calgill, and Robbie Earhart, um, and the entire Mighty House team, I'm Ron Calgill. Keep it square and level. Until, Until next, next Saturday. 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 If you have any questions during the week, you can always post them on Facebook and Twitter. Join us next Saturday for more home infotainment. Mighty House is a square and level media production. Mighty House.